unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Sorry, I can't help it anymore. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and germs? It is another Tuesday night, and of course, it's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for you folks, uh, where we bring you the raw truth. We bring you the real conversations about what it takes to have a super kick-ass life, to how to become unstoppable, and how to live life on your terms. That's what we do here at the Raw and Unscripted Show, is we bring you either weekly guests where you bring you myself, like we're going to be doing this week. It's going to be a solo show, uh, bringing you some interesting stuff. So, uh, hey, what's up, Tom Jen? Good to see you. Thank you so much, brother, for being here. And as a matter of fact, dude, 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 this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna do something real quick. We're gonna do something real quick. Um, so I just received this. Um, Make sure. Uh, yeah. So um, yes, I just received this in the mail today, and um, yeah. Let's see what it is. Let's see what it is, Tom Jin. I. Whoa, look at this. Look at this. Christopher Roush. I received a mug in the mail. Check this out. Ooh, unboxed right here on the show, Tom. Oh, man. Holy smokes. Look at this. Strength, gratitude, happy, purpose, peace. Christopher. Dude, thank you so much. This is amazing. I, uh, truth be told, this was actually my wife's office. She thought it was hers, and then she saw her name, saw my name on it, and brought it up to me. So, hey, wow, thank you so much. I'm gonna get back to you on that as well. But since you were right here, I just thought I'd take an opportunity just to say, hey, thank you so much, man. You are, uh, you are awesome. You are amazing. I love it. I'm gonna check it out. But since I saw you here, I think I'd say, hey. So what's going on, Teresa Wilcox? What's up? Good to see you. Good to see you. Happy Tuesday night. Robert Brooker's in the house. He says hi, Christopher, Tom, and Teresa. Susan, what up? How are you? Sending you big, big, big hugs. You and Weldon, I'm sending you guys big, big hugs. I love you guys. Um, prayers, everything is sent your way. I hope you guys know that. Anything I can do to help you guys, please, please let me know. Jay, Jay Duke Shires in the house. What's up, dude? So great to talk with you last week, man. You have a phenomenal story and I cannot wait to get you on the show and help inspire other people who have had traumatic brain injuries. As a matter of fact, that's kind of interesting. So Teresa, um, Teresa, meet Jay. Jay, meet Teresa. Uh, I had a conversation with Jay, Teresa, um, on, what was it, Friday? We talked Friday about uh, his traumatic brain injury after crashing his motorcycle um, and the, oh my God, recovery that he had to go through to learn how to walk, talk, and do everything else again has been just beyond off the hook. And I thought about you when I was, uh, when I was talking with him. So I'm going to connect you guys together because he's done some amazing stuff uh, after his traumatic brain injury. So anyways, that's what we're doing here. We're connecting, we're connecting. The Rocky Growth Agency's in the house. What's up, Chris Voglio? Thank you, brother, for, for being here. I appreciate you. Chris and I did a clubhouse room uh, earlier today. Well, actually, I went to his clubhouse room, Punk Rock Professionals. Check it out. You got to go check it out. So Chris Voglio's in the house. Uh, Teresa says, Silcox, not Wilcox. Sorry. I don't have my glasses on right now. Give me a break. Uh, give me some shit, right? 
Misfits, uh, Ray is in the house. What's going on, Ray? So proud of you, dude. Everything you're doing and everything you're you're about is just fucking just amazing. So thank you, thank you. Daniel Gomez is in the house. What's up, Daniel Gomez? Another fellow Clubhouse brother that we've been able to share some stages with and impact a lot of people. Thank you for being here, brother. I really appreciate it. Uh, Daniel Gomez, if you're not connected with him, connect with him. He's an amazing, brilliant soul with a lot of love and a lot of light and a great, great, great story. Um, more importantly than the story is, is it, are his tips of what to do um, to get out of your own way. Um, so Ray says, uh, Ray, had, Ray had a traumatic brain injury at six, mo six months old. Um, let's do this show. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Jay's here. So, uh, let's see, uh, Ray's asking me, do you have to have an iPhone for clubhouse? Yes, you do have to have an iPhone for clubhouse, but if you're in the business of connecting with people, then I say, go get a used iPad, get a Google or a Gmail number and then get on there. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal place to connect with people. And, um, uh, you guys have heard me talk a lot about that over the last couple of weeks and how excited I am about it. I was actually on there today from eight o'clock until, I mean, literally I was on there from literally from eight to five, literally in a, a bunch of different rooms, just, uh, just having a blast, just, uh, pouring in other people listening and, uh, just an amazing app. And, uh, and speaking of that, speaking of that is, uh, is, uh, thank you, Tom, for sharing. I really appreciate you, brother. You're amazing. Uh, Daniel, love you too, brother. So let's just get right into it. Let's just get right into it. So the, the title of the show I brought up, I actually had a guest uh, scheduled for tonight, but unfortunately she was moving and it took a lot longer than it was suspected that she was going to take to move. So I gave her the opportunity to reschedule and I said, I'll do a solo show. So here I am solo, no guest tonight. And the inspiration for tonight's show, I put a post out there on social media and a couple of different places asking if you guys had any questions about things that were going on in your life, challenges that you might be experiencing, because obviously we are, we are, uh, we are all here together as a family, whether it's on clubhouse, whether it's here, uh, with misfits for life, which is what I call my people misfits for life. Um, whether it, wherever it is, I'm always trying to bring you guys the opportunity to, to, um, confide in me what's going on. I give you guys a safe place to let you know uh, that I'm here to help you guys. So whatever's going on, I know uh, Susan and Weldon have some stuff going on. So whatever we have going on, I always post that out there on a, on a show like this that I can answer your questions. So anytime that you guys have a, uh, a question for me, uh, just go ahead and type it into the box right there and let me know um, what that might be that we can just go ahead and infuse, infuse this uh, a clubhouse, a clubhouse junkie. Yes, absolutely. And actually, Daniel, I got to get you on this show too, man. Remind me about that. I got to get you on the show. Uh, I'm a one man pony, so I'm booking two different shows almost. Well, actually the third show, Pam does that one, but, uh, at any rate, so the reason for the show, calm down, Chris, calm down, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys all for being here. Uh, what's up, Dens? Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, so thinking about my birthday, my birthday is going to be this Friday. And I'm happy to report I'm going to be 52 years younger, young, not younger. I'm going to be 52 years young. And when I was thinking about this show, I was thinking, you know what, what could I share that I've been reflecting on in my own life and my own journey? And that is the lessons that I've learned in my life. And honestly, doing this show is an opportunity for me to leave those lessons with you guys. And perhaps you can share some of your lessons as well in the comments, because I would love to see what your lessons in life are. But, you know, more importantly for the legacy that I get to leave for my son. So perhaps, you know, I'm not going to live the longest life. Who knows? You can't put that out there, but um, you just never know when your time's going to come. So I look at everything that I do here with these shows and everything else that I do in media and broadcasting as a way of leaving a rabbit trail or leaving a trail for my son to see what his dad was about. And so I thought about life lessons. What would I tell my son right now if we were having a candid conversation and be able to say, you know what, son, here's the lessons I've learned in my 52 years. What would they be? So, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of what the basis of the show is. There's going to be no particular order in what's going on. I'm just going to go based on a lot of what's, um, 
a lot of what I'm feeling in the moment, but I did actually take a, take a moment to jot down a couple of them to make sure I didn't miss them uh, in the importance of that. So as I'm, as I'm communicating with you guys, please feel free to share what are some of the major lessons that you've learned in your life. But one of the most important lessons I've heard, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard an important lesson. No, one of the most important lessons that I've had to really process for myself and that I've been able to teach my co coaching clients to do is self-love, right? Um, self-love is something that I struggle with for most of my adult life, um, having seen various therapists and having gone through, you know, some, some relationships that didn't work out very well because I didn't love myself and I wanted the love to come from everybody else. So at the moment where I really realized that, you know, self-love was paramount in my life and that it was going to prevent me from winding up dead or winding up in jail was at a period after I was homeless. And for those of you guys who might be new viewers here, I'll give you the short condensed version of my life. Um, yeah, basically I'm a seventh grade homeless dropout. I was a seventh grade homeless dropout, uh, living in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and two dogs, uh, from the age of 13 to pretty much 17. And during that four year period, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened. I tried to commit suicide twice and, uh, fortunately I sucked at it. I had a gun put to my head and was almost killed over a, a carton of cigarettes. I was almost carjacked. I was into drugs and alcohol and, all sorts of fun stuff. Anything you could put, imagine a, a 13 to 17 year old kid going through. I went through those things. Um, I had a lot of verbal abuse, physical abuse. I was bullied in school. I was bullied at home. I was bullied on my block. Um, my sense of self-worth at the age of 17 years old was, uh, was about that much was about that much. Um, uh, my sense of self-worth, um, came from little bits and pieces of, of people that were surrounding me uh, at that particular point and, and kind of pouring into me and letting me know that I was still a good person, my bosses and my supervisors and whatnot. Um, but I didn't have self-love. I did not put myself first in my life. And as a result, I was faced with a situation of looking at the, the future and going, you know, am I going to wind up dead or am I going to wind up in jail? Or am I going to decide to do something with my life and not depend on my mom to be my savior and to make the decision for me? Um, so at that, at that particular point, that's when I really started to learn about self-love and self-care. And that's one of the most really important lessons that I've learned in my life. And one that I feel so compelled to share with you guys, because over the last 12 to 18 months of the time we've been having with COVID and everything else, I've done a lot of complimentary coaching calls. And through that process, I was very keen to try to try to identify if there was a pattern going on with people and the reason why they were reaching out to me because I never had so many of those calls at once. I wasn't in a, in a, in a position before to accept so many calls at once for free. Uh, but I wanted to do it as a way of giving back. And through that process, I realized in talking to people, I would just simply pause and ask them a question. And I said, okay, listen, I'm going to ask you a question and I don't want you to really think about it. I just want you to give me your gut answer and that gut answer better be real. Right? So I would sit there and say, okay, no, I would sit there and I'd ask them a couple other questions, kind of throw them off. And then I would say, okay, here's the question. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? And uh, surprisingly, about 80% of the people really had a trouble, really had trouble answering that question. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I think for the most part I do, you know, and there's times when I'm down on myself or some people be like, you know, I, I, I don't think so, Chris. I don't think so. I don't think I love myself. And so that self-love and that self-care really became apparent in the fact that if we're miserable in our life and we have these expectations of everything else outside of us is going to bring us happiness, but yet we don't love ourselves, then how are we being an open vessel for that love to come in? How are we being an open vessel for the abundance to come into our life when we are our own worst enemy, when we're filling ourselves with our own toxic you know, information and our own beliefs, and that we're allowing other people to indicate what it is that we're supposed to be feeling? So case in point, if somebody pisses you off and you say, wow, you pissed me off, you made me mad, then you've allowed that person to infiltrate your self-love and your self-care by allowing them to have control over your emotions. And as I started realizing that at a very early age, like, wow, 
you know, I don't have to let what that person says about me impact me. Oh, you're a long haired freak. You know, you're going to be stupid, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's your opinion. That's not my opinion. I don't have to accept that as an opinion. And I learned that even more when I, when I started getting around, you know, the medical industry and whatnot and realizing that if somebody gives you a diagnosis, you don't have to say like the, 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 the doctor says, you know, I diagnose you with cancer. You don't necessarily have to say, okay, I have cancer. I have been diagnosed with it, but I don't have it. I choose not to have it. I choose not to own it. Therefore it is not mine. It's something that I have to deal with. So you keep it a little bit separate from yourself, but that self-love and that self-care is so massively important. And it's not, it's not at the fault of our, of our own that we don't self-love and self-care. You know, you think about the childhood conditioning process that goes on in our life and you think about how fucked up we get about, you know, what it is that we're supposed to believe and think at a very early age. You guys have heard me talk about it so many times, the conditioning process that goes on between zero and five or zero and seven, depending on which, you know, people you follow. Um, and think about the belief systems that we're given, you know, think about how we're told to tell the truth. And then we're told about white lies. Think about how we're told about Santa Claus, the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. And then we're told they were not real. And then we're, then we, then we tell the truth. And then, you know, we're told not to tell the truth. And then, you know, all these different parameters that go into our brain, you know, we, we start to take care of ourselves. We start to be selfish with our toys. I'm going to protect my toys. No, 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 don't be selfish. You have to give to others. Don't be stingy. Make sure everybody else is happy. Make sure this person's happy. You know, all that stuff that kind of messes us up carries on in life. So what do we do? We want that validation. We want that significance from other people. So we do things for other people for their love, but in turn, we're not loving ourselves. We're not truly loving ourselves. And when I started owning that stuff and it wasn't easy at first, I mean, even through some various, you know, various personal relationships I had to go through, I kept being there for that person. I kept extending myself, tolerating things, putting up with shit that I really shouldn't have been putting up with in order to win them over, to have some sort of, some sort of validation in my life. But again, I was not loving and filling myself up. And I'll give you an, another analogy about that is that reading my son's uh, children's books, there's a book in there that says, you know, you know, it talks about filling buckets. And it talks about you cannot pour into other people's buckets from an empty bucket, right? So think about that. Are you trying to pour into other people's buckets with an empty bucket? Are you starving for love? Are you starving for self-care? Are you, are you so sick of putting yourself last that it's frustrating you and you're like, you actually think that might be the end. Like you, there's no other res result that you can do. That's crazy. You have to remember that self-love, self-care, the stupid, the idiot, the idiot things that we can do. And I say that laughingly, but you know, getting plenty of hydration, getting plenty of sleep, eating properly, getting some exercise, getting outside and getting some vitamin D reading, you know, meditating, doing things that are good for you. That is a choice that you can make at any particular point in your life. You could take five things that you're doing that are negative right now that are not self-love and you could switch those around right fucking now and be self-love. Yes, you can do that. You have to change what it is that your perspective is about your past. You have to reframe those perspectives that were given to you. They were given to you by perhaps people that were disturbed, that people weren't, weren't all there, or the people that were trying to teach you tough love that indirectly, indirectly taught you how to not love yourself. I mean, there, I could go on and on and on and on about this, but the important thing is that self-love and self-care is massively important. People tell me all the time, I don't have time. I don't have money. You know, I got to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. You don't have to do anything. You get to do things. Number one, number two, there's 24 hours in a day. So if you cannot carve out for yourself one hour a day, if you cannot figure out a way, whether it's all in one time or in 15 minute chunks to take care of yourself, then you have bigger issues, right? So you need to be looking at your life and thinking about everything that is in the framework of your life to make sure that what it is that is not working for you. You have to make those decisions in order to get where it is that you want to go. I mean, I could go on and on about that, but make sure self-love, self-care that you are pouring into yourself and that you're letting go of those toxic people. Because, you know, when I think about, 
when I think about, you know, what goes on in the fact of self self care and self love is that, you know, you have to take time, you have to take time, you have to take moments of silence, you have to take moments to get away from the things that are bothering you in order to have clarity, right? We've been stuck inside, we've been stuck inside our heads, we've been stuck inside our houses, we've been stuck inside for so long. I'm going to give you a suggestion right now. If you're not getting out, get out and take a drive. Even if it's just once a week, get out and take a drive for an hour, go do something, go sit at the park, go sit at the beach, go sit somewhere and just take some time for you. Maybe journal, maybe read a book, listen to a few podcasts, do whatever it is you got to do to fill your bucket up before you start dumping in other people's buckets. So that is lesson number one. I'm going to go check out and see what's going on here in the comment section. Holy smokes. What's up, Pamela? Good to see you. Good to see you, Pamela. Kel and Ann, what's up? Crushing it. Hey, Kel and Ann, so good to see you here. Um, uh, Ray says, yes, good, correct. Uh, I am versus I was yes, sir. Speak life. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Tom says, what's up? Uh, first thought is the direction you are driving your bus of life. Yes. Yes. Where are you driving your bus of life? That's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. Uh, Ray is saying, uh, perfect. Christopher Roush. I'm not perfect, but thank you very much. Uh, I am love. It is my nature. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes, love hole in a bucket analogy. Yes, it is. It's true. In your bucket, you know, are you repairing that bucket as well? Um, Tom says, uh, gratitude is uh, the fuel to self love. Absolutely, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Gratitude is massively important in my life. Scott Goyette's in the house. What's up, Scott? Self love. Go love now, baby. Go love now. You got to go love now. What's Ray posting up here? Ray's posting up here. Christopher Roush videos. He's posting some sort of videos up there. Uh, what's up? What's up? Hello, 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 Larry. Hello, everybody's saying hello, my little family, my misfits for life. Yeah, so self-love, self-care is, is super important. And along with that, another lesson I've learned in life that sometimes may not be so, quite so obvious is the fact that we have to accept the belief and faith in others for ourselves. And I can give you a couple of examples in that. And it's, I was really trying to come up with different lessons that I don't normally talk about in these shows to give you guys some variety of what it is that I really feel is important in our life. Obviously I could come up with 50 different lessons that I've learned, but thinking about that, accepting the belief um, of others and even the belief of ourselves, but the belief of others, when I got out of that situation with my mom in the motel and being homeless, um, I got started getting around the other people, the other right people in my life. And one of those people was my uh, girlfriend's father at the time. And he was an upper middle class dude. He was uh, uh, a president of a trucking company, you know, wore suits to work every day, had, a, had the first cellular phone in his car. You know, it was really cool. Lived in a really super nice neighborhood. And I was petrified of meeting him. I was petrified of medium because I had long hair. I was the rocker. I was, you know, smoking cigarettes, living in an apartment with five guys, drinking beer, uh, seventh grade dropout. I mean, all the different things you could sit there and go, okay, that's going to be fun introducing my, my upper middle class dad with a daughter who's, you know, nearly the prom queen, right? Total wrong side of the tracks kind of stuff. But that guy, Bill White, I'll never forget him. He poured into me and he gave me beliefs in myself that I did not have. He gave me beliefs in myself that I did not have. And he said this thing to me that I will never forget. He said, Christopher, you're only limited by the parameters of your own mind. Christopher, you're only limited by the parameters of your own mind, um, which equates to a Henry Ford quote that I love very much, which is very simple. It's like, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I love the simplicity in life. You guys have always heard me talk about that. The simplicity of life is, is magnificent. So when, when he told me to go back to school and get my GED, 
you know, again, thinking about the conditioning process that I had been brought up in, shut up, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you can't do anything right, all the negative belief situ situations, going to school, I sucked at school because we found out I needed glasses and we found out I had a hearing problem also. So there's all these different things where I just didn't feel like I fit in or anything else. I didn't feel like it was going to amount to anything except for whatever my mom told me I was going to. Um, so getting around this gentleman who says, you know, why don't you go back and get your GED was something like, oh, you really want, you want me to come to the president of the United States? Really good job. Let me tell you this about life, Bill, you know, Bill in your, in your nice, you know, living room that you guys don't even sit in Bill, you know, let me tell you about life. You know, let me tell you about getting ketchup and having a ketchup sandwich and thinking that was pretty cool. But yet he had such a sincerity about what he was saying. And I honestly had to believe him. I had to believe him that I could go back and get my GED, that it wouldn't be embarrassing or anything else. Um, so I trusted his faith. I trusted his faith that I was smarter than I really thought I was. And lo and behold, I went back and got my GED in like three months or something like that. And I go back to him and I show him the piece of paper. I'm like, hey, look, I did it. I did it. Woohoo. And he's like, all right, we'll go to college. What? You fucking think I'm smart. Really? You think I'm that I can go to college? You know, I missed high school. I don't know anything about this or that. You know, I'm a street kid. I'm a street wise kid. No, go to college. So again, taking his belief, taking his trust in me, this kid, um, I did it. And I went to school and I went to, and I started going to college and I came back. And again, you know, he knew I was working three jobs and he gave me a job at his trucking company, working the night shift in a warehouse doing billing. He's like, okay, I think you have potential. And he gave me that opportunity. And so he believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And that gave me the courage and the confidence to step out. That gave me the courage and confidence to say goodbye to a lot of people that were not giving me self-love that I started realizing as I was getting around the people who were giving me love, because guess what? Those people weren't happy for me. Ooh, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. When you start getting around people who, who blow your dress up and really make you feel good, and you found something that you're passionate about, and you found something you're excited about, no matter what it is or how much money it does not make, if those people say, that's stupid, that's ridiculous, you shouldn't do for that, you should play safe. Those are situations where you need to get different people because um, you got to believe you got to have the belief of other people in, in you. Um, I can't even, I can't even tell you how many times that I've had mentors and coaches and dear friends and, and, and people pour into me and tell me, listen, Chris, I believe that you have the opportunity to change the world, change the world, Chris, you have the opportunity, you have the ability with your communication, your style, your leadership, your, your vocality, everything else. You have the opportunity to change the world. I believe in you. And that's a scary situation to have somebody that is very, that you really, really respect. This happened in 20, 2019. Somebody was telling me like, Chris, you have the opportunity to be Oprah big. Had somebody else last year tell me the same thing. Get the book written, Chris, da, 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 da. So again, being like, okay, you know, play it safe and have everything predictable and it's okay. No, I'm going to go on the belief of the, what those people see in me. Because sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We get too self-critical, but yet other people can go, that's the path. And when I realize that's the same thing I do with my coaching clients is I sit there and I see what they're doing. They're chasing themselves. They're beating themselves up. They're shooting themselves in the foot, all those different things. And I'm like, all you got to do is just go over here. Just, just, just do these five things and read this book and you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Stop doing this shit over here. Just go do that thing over here. Just, and I realize it. Oh, oh, sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we don't pay attention. Sometimes we don't want to hear um, that it's okay to continue on and progress. And it's scary and it's freaky and it's uncertain. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's life. That's living, you know, going back again when we're kids. Are we excited about every day that we wake up? Are we excited about what we get to go do? Yeah. So why don't we have that excitement in, in ourselves? And again, one of the big lessons I've learned is to pour into others, to believe into others, to reinforce others in whatever it is that they want to do. Let them go after their passions. Let, let, let them go out there and make 
mistakes because guess what? Those mistakes are going to get them to the next point and to the next point. It's going to teach them resiliency and confidence and the ability to overcome anything that comes in our life. And I've seen that personally with my coaching clients uh, through COVID, the ones that I had before COVID, they're like, dude, no problem. I got this. I know that anything that comes in my way, I'm going to get over because you believed in me. You, you believed in me when I had zero confidence and zero self-respect. So, you know, I know this shit works. So I'm just telling you that. Uh, so before I go off to the next lesson, I just want to see what's going on here. Uh, raise his hands for Christopher WC, Kellen and uh, Ray. Just want to see for those of you guys listening on the podcast, I'm just looking at the comments here because we are live. Uh, raise, raise his hand for Christopher Roush. Well, thank you. Um, something Pamela says, thank God for the, thank God for the bills of the world. Yes. Thank you, Pam. Yes, yes, yes. Scott says, uh, I think he knows some Bon Jovi. I think he knows some Bon Jovi. I think I know some Bon Jovi too. Whoa, living on a prayer. Take my hands. We'll make it, I swear. Laughter is a self-love and care. Love your sense of humor. I love your sense of humor. Melody Johnson. What's up, Melody Johnson? Hope you are having a great day. I'm having an awesome day, Melody Johnson. How are you? What's your lesson in life? What's your big lesson in life you want to share with us? Ah, Teresa says, it's hard to hear the tough stuff. It's only hard to hear it if we choose that it's hard to hear. I mean, yeah, you know, I guess I can, I guess I can understand it. it is, it is hard to hear the tough stuff, but guess what? The best part of hearing the tough stuff is that you can process it and overcome the tough stuff and look back at it in a year and go, wow, I'm glad I addressed that stuff because it's going to be there either way. It's always going to be there. The tough stuff's going to be there. Um, I choose to go around it, over it, under it, whatever I got to do. I just choose to keep moving on. So that's what I do. Colleen, what's up? I saw you in clubhouse the other day. Now you're tracking me over here. I love you. I think, uh, I think uh, I appreciate you coming over here. Well, I know I appreciate you coming over here. Scott's going bam, bam, bam. What's up, Scott? How's Florida? Florida. Uh, we were discussing you playing guitar. Oh, you guys are playing. You guys were discussing me playing guitar. Yeah, no, I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to play guitar for you guys right now. What's up, Angel? Angel in the house. Everybody give it up for Angel. She's a sweetheart. You are massively uh, uh, an angel in my life. So thank you so much. Um, so Melody Johnson says, my lesson in life, you must do the thing you think you can't do. That was by Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes, absolutely. Yes, you must do the thing you can't. You must run towards your pain. You must run towards the things that are uncomfortable for you because guess what? The sooner you run towards them and you figure them out, the sooner they're behind you. And then you can sit there and go, woohoo, I did it. I did it. I got over it. I did it. You know? There's a lot of, there's been a lot of things in my life aside from my childhood that I've had to get through. Um, you know, one of which was holding my mother's hand as she passed away and was, she died. I mean, let's talk about that fucked up experience and, you know, kind of all the different things you go through in life and your identity when you do that, when your last living family member dies, all sorts of stuff has happened in my life. And I'm sure other things, I know other things are going to happen. You know, you can't get out of this life without having other things happen in our life. You can be very frank, you know, look at my house. One of all, some of us are going to go to each other's funeral. There's reality guys. In this house, there's four people right now, and we're going to be going to each other's funeral unless we all go at once, which is, you know, you never know. But anyways, that's not the point of this. But the point of this is actually to make sure that we are addressing the fact that time is impermanent. So um, so I just wanted to say, yes, the discomfort will give you comfort later. Absolutely. Les Brown says, do what is hard now and life will be easy. Do what is easy now and life will be hard. Mr. Les Brown, want, what's up? What's up? What's up? Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, that's a tough to deal with a parent. Absolutely. I've, and, and again, because I've gone through that tough part, 
And I went through it kind of early in life. I'm able to help my friends now. And they're like, Chris, how do you deal with this? What do you process? What are the things to think about? Well, here's all the things to think about. And here's what you got to do. Um, right down to knowing social security stuff. It's kind of crazy. So anyways, um, so lessons, we are talking about lessons right now. So we're at a good time. Uh, lesson number three, let's talk about this one. This one's huge. And you guys have heard me say it before, but it's so important that I want to reemphasize it again and again and again and again and again and again until you get it. Uh, thank you. My awesome, my guitars look awesome. So uh, lesson number three is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. Again, seek first to understand, then to be understood. How many ears do we have, guys? How many ears? How many mouths? How many mouths? We have one mouth, two ears. And we know that for a reason. But in my situation, in my life, I grew up with a mother who had to always be right. You know, and I, I came up with a with the with the coaching thing that was like, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? My mom always had to be right. So what does that mean? That the other people had to be wrong. And when the other people had to be wrong, that created, you know, obviously uh, adversarial relationships, whether it was in her employment or in her personal relationships or with a car mechanic. Everywhere she went, she just got what she wanted by hammering people to death um, and making them feel like shit, quite honestly. Um, so when I think about seeking first to understand, uh, one of the biggest factors of me incorporating that in my life was with my mom. I'm really trying to understand as I, as I became an adult and as I was trying to process my own identity and, and, and evacuate myself from that childhood experience and reshape my beliefs and my, my habits by doing a ton of personal development, by going to school, um, by surrounding myself with the right people, and uh, reading a lot of biographies, you know, it, it taught me, okay, listen, I wanted to, I wanted to hate her. I wanted to, to blame her. I wanted to do all these different things with her. You know, it was like, okay, it's your fault, this blah, blah, blah. And once I started, once I read that book by Stephen Covey, uh, seven habits of highly effective people. And I saw that it really, it just mag magnified the fact like, wow, you know, we're so quick to want to get our point across. We're so quick to defend ourselves when we feel like potentially we've been attacked. Again, think about where that comes from. Think about where it is that we have to defend ourselves because we feel like we're being attacked. Our childhoods, right? Other kids, parents, teachers, bullies, whatever it might be. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. You know, we, we were doing something and we got misunderstood and we're like, no, 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 no. So we always became defensive. We became defensive and we stopped listening. Um, we stopped listening also because did our parents listen? Did our teachers listen? Oh, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. It's you, whatever you have to say. I don't care. You know, this is what you did and this is your punishment. Okay. So, wow. So for me, really trying to seek how my mother grew up and how she, her belief systems were formulated and really walk into her shoes. And again, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make, it makes me forgive her and understand her, but it makes me also have empathy and compassion at the same time. I still have that animosity, like, well, you're still an adult and you still did make those decisions, but I can understand that based on the conditioning that you went through, this is why it was a challenge for you. And this is why you chose to play it this way, because it was safe for you when you were angry and when you were in control, you were safe and you were protected. So that's why you were always that way. You felt like as long as that was, that was the case. And then if you weren't, then you were vulnerable and you were weak. So I can understand that. So it really helped me understand her. And then through the process of getting and working with people and developing relationships with people, again, having to overcome the conditioning that I had from my mom of, of, of and I'm a really smart person. I could prove most people wrong if I really try, but that's not the point. That's not the point. So when people would have problems with me, instead of me saying, well, I've got seven problems with you, I would sit there and say, okay, let me understand what it is that I'm doing. And by doing that, I was 
my eyes were open to the fact where in a particular situation, I'll give you an example. I thought I was being super helpful. I thought I was being very helpful and very caring to a group of people that I was working with because I would see them doing something and I would go up and like, oh, hey, you know, you should think about doing it this way. You should think about doing it this way. Well, not understanding what it is I was doing when I went to them and said, okay, why the animosity? Why do you guys treat me like this? And their, their response was, well, you come up and make us feel like we're stupid. You know, you're always coming up and saying, oh, you should do it like this. You should do it like this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Chris is so smart, blah, blah. And we're just the stupid people. That's how they were perceiving it. That's how they were taking it. That's what they were doing. So when I, when I sought to understand, as opposed to sit there and say, well, you guys are just fucking idiots. When I said, okay, what is my approach? Okay. Am I walking up saying, Hey guys, I can see you're having an issue with something. Can I, can I offer some suggestions? Or was I walking up going, Oh, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this there. I fixed your problem. You're welcome. Bye. So it wasn't until I sought first to understand, to realize that it wasn't them that was the problem. It was me. And so I fortunately had somebody who poured into me, who believed in me and said, you know, if you want to become their supervisor one day, listen, I got to be honest with you. And I have to tell you where you're lacking, you know, and the hard truth hit. And then what I did is I wanted to run. I wanted to escape. I wanted to blame. But again, I went in and said, how do I understand better? What it is that do they expect? What do people expect from leadership? How do they expect them to respond, not react? How do they expect them to respond? And I did a shit ton of work to make sure that I reframe my perspective on that to really seek to understand, to really listen. And, and from that, I developed compassion and empathy far beyond anything that I was going to develop in my life had I not learned that lesson. Because otherwise, I most likely would still be a bulldozer. I would still be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm a bully. I can figure it out. Get out of my way. I don't care what you think and get my shit done and get it done and still achieve, you know, success, but the su success at what the success at achieving things. Oh, whoop de doo So I monkey fucked half the people in my path in order to get what I want. But you know, that's not what being a human, that's not what having feelings and emotions is about. So when I think about, you know, seeking first to understand, it's about just sitting down and saying, Hey, listen, I care about this relationship. I care about the situation. I care about this problem enough to see where it is that you're coming from. And ladies and gentlemen, somebody does that with you, please, for God's sakes, be fucking honest with them. It, it, I can't, it can't, it just blows my mind when people sit there and say, you know, yeah, somebody was trying to have an honest con conversation with me, but I didn't feel comfortable being honest. So I told him, I told him a lies. I'm like, so the person came to you trying to rectify the situation, but you didn't have the balls to tell them the truth. So you told them lies. And so the situation is still not going to be rectified, but that person was actually trying to really fix it. How do you think that's going to work out for you? Um, so again, one of the big lessons in my life is seeking first to understand then to be understood, especially because what, what do we do? What is our innate reaction to do things. Our innate reaction to do things is to react and to what? Assume. Oh, that this is what probably what's going on. This is what, okay, I got it figured out. This is what's going on. Okay. That's what their problem is. Okay. I got it. No problem. Right. We assume it makes an ass out of you and me. Um, so let's stop doing that. Let's really take a, mom, a moment and opportunity to listen to one another, especially with what's going on in the world today. This is a prime example. And this is why I included it in the lessons that I've learned in my life, because it could be absolutely transformational when you just shut up and you listen to what other people are saying and you genuinely hear them. And then the best part, the best part, the icing on the cake, when you say back to them, Hey, so Chris, this is what I understand you saying. I understand that you saying it's really important for all of us to make sure that we're listening more. We're genuinely listening more and taking notes and then paraphrasing back to people what it is that we heard so that they feel like they've actually been heard as opposed to just a, 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 a cursory review of what, what it is that they said, that you feel like the, you actually care and impact on what they can do with the outcome of that, right? You know, that's what really happens. And it, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you actually lean forward and use a little bit of body language. You say, Hey, listen, I really care about this. Can you share with me what's going on? Because if you can share with me what's going on, then maybe I can do something differently and then we won't have to deal with this anymore. What do you think?
Do you think that's do you think that's reasonable? So yes. Uh yeah, Melody Johnson says, shut up and listen. Uh yes, when you assume, absolutely. Um yeah, uh Melody says, Yep, I uh I learned to stop being Mrs. Fix It. People will either ask for help or uh, nicely suggest it, but I don't push it. Yes, absolutely. I used to be a compulsive motivationalist. I was telling somebody that earlier and I wanted to fix everybody. I wanted to help everybody. And I just learned just to, that, uh, just to shut up and uh, people would know that I was there um, if they needed me. Tom Jin says, uh, ego is either destructive or creative. What is your ego saying? Yes. And, and even thinking about that, Tom, and thinking about ego is I have, because I had a healthy ego for a while. And I, again, had honest people around me to put me in check. But when I think about ego, I think about that as being arrogance versus confidence, right? You know, arrogance is something you have to prove. And that's stuff you have to, you have to tell people to make it feel like it's the truth or, you know, tell big lies. But when you're just, when you're just actually confident and when you're just actually, um, you know, knowing in your, your abilities and knowing in your, in your heart and your soul, who it is that you are and what it is that you protect project out to the world. Um, it's pretty amazing what it is that you can attract in that same situation. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What's up, Lynn Serrano. Good to see you. How are you? Lynn Serrano is awesome. Um, I'm sorry, Lynn, I didn't get a chance to connect with, uh, with your partner while he was out here. Time just flew by and it was like, boom, I don't even know what the hell what's going on. Uh, Melody says, just own it. Um, she was saying, uh, think and grow rich. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys are amazing. I love all your comments. Again, let me know what your, what your life lessons are. What are some of the lessons that you, um, have learned in your life that really would be beneficial for people to learn now? Because again, uh, we just had on our Friday night show on, uh, the unfiltered experience. We recently had, uh, some folks that uh, put on the compassion games for, uh, the compassion games every year. And in that conversation, we learned about a documentary called The Undivided States of America. I think that's the name of it. And in that documentary, they get people who from uh, Democratic side, Republican side, independents, uh, libertarians, and they take them away for three days and they put them in rooms to have conversations to what? Seek first to understand but also to, to convey the communication about what's going on. And through that documentary, I highly recommend it. People listen, people actually, you know, sought first to understand and said, wow, you know, what if I put myself in that situation? You know, how might I feel? Or when people sit there and say, you know, this is how it affects me and not realizing how it affects everybody else, that other person being able to say, you know what, have you considered this, right? Not from an accusatory spot or anything else, but just from a friendly arm reaching over the, the aisle way saying, Hey, listen, let's all understand each other a little bit better. That is one of the best things we can do. The actions we can take in our homes, especially, you know, how often are you really listening to your spouse and your partners and your kids really, really listening to them, making sure that they feel comfortable telling you the truth. Um, because if they don't feel comfortable telling you the truth, it's probably because you're a shitty listener and, uh, you don't do much with it. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely truth, uh, empowerment. And I want to just keep on rolling here look at, uh, so Ray says, uh, what's Ray saying? Chris, I have a sincere question. My question are, we are all human. When life gets you as it does all, what your number one ace to go to in self-growth to rebound and refocus? What's my number one um, self-growth to rebound and refocus? That's a great question, Ray. Um, first and foremost, I'll give you guys the, the one that you guys heard me say a thousand times, which is, uh, jump by Steve Harvey, the video jump by Steve Harvey. It's a uh, two minutes long, go watch that one. Uh, but as far as my, my go-to my reset, my most recent book honestly would have to be, um, it'd have to be two of them, but really, I guess, I guess right now I'd have to go with the, the, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. 
the big leak by Gay Hendricks really illustrates, you know, for me and some of the concerns I have and what I'm doing is that, you know, we operate in our, either our zone of greatness, our zone of excellence or our zone of genius. And so sometimes I've revisited that book many, many times to make sure that I understand that, you know, being in your zone of excellence is great and it's good and it's safe and it's certain. And that's where I was in corporate America and leadership um, and business and stuff like that. No problem. Zone of excellence could do it all day long. Was good at it. Dug it. You know, eh. zone of genius can do this all day long. Like you guys could sit there and keep asking me questions. That's why I was on clubhouse today for eight hours. I love doing what I do. I love coaching. I love speaking. I love helping people. I love listening. I love building people, building bridges for people to get across and, and understand each other better. So in answer to your question, Ray, whenever I get a little bit uh, shaken about it, I go back and I read that book or I, I read uh, Man's Search for Meaning, which is right behind me if I have an attitude problem. Like I'm, I'm starting to take things too personally or I'm, I'm starting to let other things externally affect me. I read, you know, Man's Search for Meaning. It's crazy, but uh, I would love to know which book you go to um, in being able to get yourself centered. Emily Auckland's in the house. What is up, Emily? So good to see you. I have learned about projection. What you don't like about someone is usually really something you don't like about yourself. Booyah. Where did you learn that? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's super true. We often don't like in others what we don't like in ourselves. And that's a huge lesson. So thank you for sharing that, Emily, because, um, massively important when we can hold a mirror up to ourselves, our buddy, Scott Goyette, uh, who might still be here. Um, he talks a lot about mirrors and holding the mirror up to ourselves when we're frustrated or pissed off or something or anxious about something. It's like, what is it in us that we are, um, that we're not dealing with? So that's a great point, Emily. I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, Robert says, Anxiety is not a natural thing. It is a product of society. And while I can be inflicted on another, most often it is self-inflicted unintentionally. Yes. Yes. I would, I would, I would go that uh, as well. Sometimes it's inflicted uh, intentionally too, because some people just like to be in that victim mindset and they're, they're comfortable being anxious. They're not comfortable having the knowingness that everything's going to be okay because it's just uncomfortable for them. So sometimes they, 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 uh, they fill that prophecy for themselves. Colleen says, uh, my biggest life lesson thus far, choices make or break you. Boom, mic drop. Whoops, mic drop over here. Mic drop. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, choices are massive. Just to the point when you wake up in the morning, you could choose to be happy or miserable. And if you choose to be happy, all you need to do is smile. Smile, listen to a couple of good songs to get your motivation going. You know, do some stretching, get some breathing going, have a glass of lemon water. Yes, you can make that choice. So thank you for sharing that. Big time choices are massive. Uh, Melody says, life lessons. Think about what it is. What is joy to you? Joy is different for everyone, even a spouse. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing that, that is joyful for ourselves? Again, going back to that self-care uh, lesson that I talked about earlier, massively important. And uh, that's true. So even in relationships, i got another recommendation for you guys. The five love languages. You know, what love language are we speaking to other people when we're seeking first to understand? Um, that is a that is a great book as well for you, for you uh people out there to get and read. Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. Um oh, here's a question. A YouTube person, Aaron says, What makes you unstoppable? Uh, what's up, Aaron? Thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it. What makes me unstoppable? The simple answer is is I don't stop. I don't stop. I may slow down for a minute. I may pause for a minute and reflect and kind of, you know, get my bearings on what it is that I'm doing, but don't stop. Um, I, I, I have such a desire not to have regrets. So I'm one of those crazy people that people do things for one of two reasons to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. 
Um, in one respect, my life was all about gaining pleasure. What can I buy? How much more money can I make? Who can I impress? You know, blah, blah, blah. How, you know, all the, what title can I get? And then it all of a sudden became about, um, uh, you know, what's my legacy in life. And so rather than thinking about what I could, what I could attract and what I could get, my thing was like, what is it that I do not want the most out of my existence? And the big thing I don't want the most is regrets. So when I think about life and being unstoppable, I think about getting to the end of the journey, getting to the end of the journey. And uh, Ed Milet, uh, a fellow podcaster and a show host, um, talks about quite often, he says, you know, my worst fear is that I get to the pearly gates and God introduces me to the Ed Milet that I could have been. And that I have to sit there and go, I could have been that guy. You know, and, you know, regrets, regrets are something that I've studied a lot. And I've been to a lot of, uh, assisted care facilities, uh, old, old folks homes, whatever you want to call them, different places like that. And I've talked to these people and the regrets were one of the, uh, the main source of their pain. And guess what? All they have is time. Time in the world to think about, um, all the risks they didn't take because they played it safe. They have all the time in the world to think about all the stuff that they'll never get a chance to do while they sit there playing their giant bingo cards, waiting for supper to come so they can go to bed at seven o'clock. Right. And I hate to be graphic, but that is what happens. So for me, how do I stay unstoppable? No regrets. Like, mm -mm, nope. Every moment of my life, generally speaking, will be something that if I die, that somebody can say, Chris was having a good time. Chris was impacting somebody. Chris was taking care of himself. It's all going to be about that. So my regrets. So that's how I stay unstoppable. And, and I just, I constantly work on my mind. I constantly work on this and how I'm perceiving things and how I'm, how I'm, how I'm possibly working on a false future or getting caught up in the results rather than just enjoying those moments and those, those opportunities within everything else in life. And I can even talk about that, um, a, a big, a big time. Uh, so that's what makes me unstoppable. I would like to know what makes you unstoppable as well. Uh, Melody says the power of the subconscious mind, that book has helped. Ooh, I've heard of that one. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Ray says wrote down Colleen says exactly. Yes. You guys are awesome. I love the interaction tonight. I'm so appreciative of you guys being here. Um, as I'm, I'm kind of like celebrating my birthday a little bit, my birthday is going to be Friday and, uh, you know, it's been a wild ride. It's been 52 years of, Wow. I mean, I've, I, for as many negative times and tough times and challenging times as I've, as I've had, I've had so many amazing moments. I mean, getting my master's degree uh, was an amazing moment in my life. One of the best moments was being able to go back to the junior high school that I dropped out of and speak to the seventh and eighth grade class and tell them, Hey, listen, this is the journey you're going to go on and it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Just make sure that you're, you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're getting around the right people. All the shit that I just said before, that's the things we need to be focusing on big time. Um, Mr. Goyet is still here. What's up? He says, I recognize my infinite potential unstoppable. Yes. You have to recognize that, right? Scott. I mean, we can sit there and talk about that all day and we probably will is the fact that it goes back to again, that self-love, that self-care. Um, what are we doing to honor ourselves? Um, uh, Teresa says, thank you. Thanks for inviting us to your celebration. Eh, it's not a celebration yet. Not until I start drinking. My wife bought me a giant bottle of gentleman Jack. Ooh, daddy hasn't had a drink since January 3rd, but who's counting? No, I'm just kidding. So that'll be the celebration. That'll be the celebration. Yes. So, um, so what are we, where are we at time-wise? So time-wise, um, another, another life lesson that I really wanted to share with you guys tonight is karma. Karma. I have learned that karma is a massive life lesson, um, in the fact that it helped me to really process, 
Um, it helped me really to process a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, uh, a lot of resentment, a lot of retaliation. I was brought up again that revenge is key. You know, you get back, you know, an eye for an eye, all that stuff I could keep going on and on about. And there was a situation, um, I won't go into particular details, but there was a situation early on in my life where I was massively betrayed. Let's just say that I was massively betrayed, uh, by a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine. You could call him my best friend, um, in a very, uh, a very, um, interesting situation. But, uh, in that friend, I gave him the opportunity that I was either going to blow his truck up and beat the living shit out of him at his work, or I was going to offer him to come have a conversation and explain what had happened and how potentially we can rectify the situation. Um, so in doing that, uh, I took, I chose the high road and that is something, it's a very serious situation. I kind of make light of it, but I don't want to talk about the spot, the specifics because it's so long ago, but let's just say I, you know, really had an opportunity to check myself. Um, I wanted to go be re re revengeful, very re revengeful. I wanted to go back and retaliate. I wanted to go prove how mad I was. Um, and I totally could have done it. I could have totally made a statement, but most likely out of that situation, the way I was feeling, I probably would have wound up in jail again. I probably would have wound up sued and who knows where my life would have turned out from that one simple suggestion from that one simple change. And I decided at that moment that I'm going to let karma deal with it. I have no idea why I came up with that, but I said, you know what? Um, we all learn our lessons one way or another. So this is going to be an opportunity for me to be the, to be, be the bigger person and take the higher road and we'll let comma karma, um, figure it out, uh, afterwards and without going into details again, but I found out that karma did visit that person. And, and it's actually now that I'm older, I actually feel sad about it in a way, but again, you know, you get out of life, what you put into it. Um, so I know that every situation I've been in, when, while I've not been perfect and I've not been a, a paragon of virtue by any stretch, I have made mistakes and I've done stupid things and said stupid things and, you know, risked my life, risked other people's lives. I've done a bunch of stupid things. Let's just put it that way. Um, but also every time my heart has always been in the right spot. My, my, my intentions, everything has always been golden as far as what it is, the outcome I want. Uh, I've been able to look at situations where I've been rejected or I haven't got something and I've been able to separate my emotions from it and be able to say, you know what? Um, karma, karma is, karma is going to come back and, and, and take care of me. You know, all the hard work that I've done in different situations in my life, um, all the things I poured into people, all the things, extra, extra stuff I've done to make sure people were okay. I look at that. And when my son was born, I went to God, to universe, to source. And I went, thank you. I still do it every single fucking day. I'm like, thank you. He's beautiful. He's amazing. He's perfect. He's, he is, I mean, the whole situation of being able to, to bring Jackson into our life. I mean, talk about gratitude, talk about life lessons. I mean, I could do a whole other show on that. Uh, but just actually just realizing that everything that I had done up until that point, maybe I was feeling a little frustrated or whatever that when, when is my turn? You know, we always think about that. But when, when Jackson came into our life, I knew that everything I had done had led up to that point. And that that was like my, that was like my, my special present in the world to say, Hey, thanks Chris for, for doing what you do. So I know that sometimes we can get frustrated and we want to retaliate to people on Facebook and we want to retaliate to people who've done us wrong. And we want to carry that emotional baggage. Like I can't wait until that person fries or whatever. I invite you guys, um, especially as you're getting older to release a lot of that baggage, you know, think about, think about life in terms of carrying a 20 pound bag of cat food with where you, where, wherever you go, a 20 pound bag of cat food, you know, some people can do it easy. Some people can't do it at all. But when you think about that cat food being the weight of the emotions, the weight of the history in your brain and all the anger and all the stuff that is like, literally like you're drinking, you're, you're, you're drinking poison, expecting somebody else to die from it. 
Think about how, how asinine that is. Think about how ridiculous that is that, you know, we do that. So what I choose to do instead is in all those situations. And again, up until, you know, even a few years ago, betrayal, all sorts of things happened to me where it crushed my soul and crushed my spirit. But again, I chose to say, to, to send love, to send forgiveness, to send empathy and to say, you know what, everything happens for a reason. And of course you guys know what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. For the guys, for those of you guys on the podcast that says what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. It's a tattoo on my right forearm. Uh, I got that to remind me to how to be unstoppable. To answer your question again, Aaron, is I tattooed it on my forehead. A forehead. I should put one on my forehead. Um, tattooed on my forearm and um, and remind myself that yes, I am unstoppable. And yes, that there are going to be situations in our life. My first tattoo is comedy and tragedy because I knew that some days are awesome and you better appreciate them. And when days are shitty. They're not going to last forever and you're going to be awesome again. You know, that's my thought on life. And so I just encourage you guys, there's so much hate and anger and divisiveness in the world, whether it's against ourselves, whether it's against family members, whether it's against coworkers or whether it's against people we don't even fucking know on Facebook that trigger us with a post that doesn't align with what it is that we want in life. I mean, think about the absurdity of that. So my last lesson in life, because I want to keep this under an hour, even though it's just me talking, I was only going to go for half an hour, believe it or not, um, is moments. You know, what are we doing with the moments? Uh, you guys are beautiful people. Hey, um, before I go on with that, I want to see if I missed anything up here. Um, Scott, Scott, Scott's game Friday. Yes. Friday, Friday. Yes, definitely. You want to, uh, we're going to be drinking Friday. Uh, hi, Emily. Cheers. Cheers. Emily, Emily, you guys, you guys are so cute. Just like, hi, what's up? What are you doing? Um, Aaron says kindness is key. Taking the higher road is not always the funnest. However, it is one way to let karma play out. Absolutely believe you. Thank you, Aaron. I would love to know how we're connected, but uh, thank you so much for being here and sharing this. So again, the, the final, the final lesson that I'm going to share with you tonight, um, and one that I hold very dear to myself now because of, you know, 52, uh, based on the fact that life does not last forever is the moments, the moments, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's get serious now for a second. We don't know how many more moments we get. We don't know how many more breaths we get to take. We don't know how many more, you know, freezing snowstorms we get to live through. We don't know how many more arguments we get to have. We don't know how many more sunrises we get to hear, see. We don't know how many times we get to hear our spouse or somebody tell us that we, that they love us or we love them, you know? So with everything that's going on in the world today, with everything that's going on within ourselves today, this is a, this is obviously a time where mother nature, earth source, God, whatever it is that you believe in or don't believe in is set a massive reset button on all of us to really prioritize what is the most important in our life. And when I choose to sit there and think about the way I've lived my life and I'm very successful, very happy, but I've always chose to live my life in the future. You know, mostly it was in the future. Like, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week? Okay. I've got this figured out. I've got this figured out. I got plan A, B and C and D. Okay. I've got that going. I've got that going. Da, 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 da. I'm, I'm going to be successful. There's no doubt about it. I've got five things going. I'm going to be successful. Boom. But guess what I was doing? I was never enjoying those moments. I was never enjoying the journey to get to this success. You know, and there was a lot of great moments, a lot of great people that I met, a lot of great speeches and, and, and things that I did that I never really fully embraced because I was like, okay, that's done. What do I got to do next? And so, especially with my son being born, but before that moments, like what is it right now? Is there a moment that you could be spending with your dog or a moment you could be spending with your cat or whatever it can, you, a moment you could be spending um, with someone you love listening, a moment you could be spending laughing, uh, a moment you could be spending learning, a moment you could be spending reflecting. Moments are amazing. And trust me, I look at it this way. I, I walk past my dog today on the stairs and most times I stop and I pet him. And most times I stop and I pet him for maybe 
30 seconds. Oh, you're just a good dog. And today it just stuck me. It stuck me. I'm thinking about, you know, moments. And I was like, God, he's going to be seven years old already this year. This uh, August, he's going to be seven years old. Ozzy, you guys know I love Ozzy. And seven years, I'm like, fuck, what happened? He was four a minute ago. I was just saying, oh, he's going to be five this year. He's going to be seven this year. In that moment, I paused and I sat down on the stairs and I spent five minutes petting him. And I spent five minutes telling him how much I love him. I'll probably get teary-eyed. Um, I spent, and I just, I just, I kept brushing his fur and looking at his fur and how it, how it sparkled in the sun and looking at his breathing and looking at him just look at me. We don't take those moments. Very seldom do we take those moments because we're always in a rush to go do something or pontificate about something or get some sort of self gratification to get us out of our minds. Have those moments, have those laughter moments, you know, turn off the television, turn off the news, have conversations with your, with your, with your family members, listen to them, you know, listen, have conversations with people you don't agree with and listen to them and really have a heart centered opportunity to say, Hey, listen, I'm tired of the problems. I'm tired of bitching about, it. I'm tired of, you know, venting and thinking something's going to change. I want to be a part of the solution. And that solution all begins with us. So my final lesson to tell you guys tonight is the lesson is within us. The best life lesson is within us. And the best life lesson is to let those lessons be um, congruent to our soul, congruent to the, what makes us smile. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you should have a legacy that you're looking forward to fulfilling that gets you excited, that gets you uncomfortable, that gets you in a spot where you can grow and learn and expand and then go share it with other people, right? That's where my focus is. That's where my intention is every single day of my life is to grow and to teach people and to have amazing moments, um, to make myself last longer so that I can be here. You know, I'm 102 and uh, seeing my son have grandkids and all that stuff. So I've got the vision in my mind. So again, going back to Aaron and thinking about Unstoppable, you know, that's the new vision I have in my mind is I want to be alive long enough to see my son get married and have kids so that I know that he is on his way and he's going to be a game changer in his life. And then I'm always there for him. I want to be the dad that's always there for my son. Um, I did not have that growing up. And so that is paramount, um, massively important for me to be there all the time with him, uh, be a support system for him, uh, be his honest buddy and everything else, uh, and, and make the world a better place for who it is and what I do every single day. So um, I appreciate you guys sharing your time with me and sharing all these amazing uh, 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 feedback. Sorry, I've been literally talking all day. I mean, I'm not even kidding, but uh, I love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. Uh, Colleen says, uh, such a beautiful message. Thank you, Chris. You are welcome, Colleen. Thank you. Thank you for being you. I know your journey has been one of, of ups and downs and hills and valleys, but uh, your commitment, your dedication, your desire to become the next version of yourself is absolutely um infectious it's absolutely uh inspirational and i just thank you so much for being here and supporting the shows and and keeping me informed of how you're doing you know that's what we're here for that's how we make a community that's how we make a family so thank you colleen for doing that uh Kimberly, what's up? Kimberly and I actually finally got to talk on Clubhouse the other day. We've been Facebook friends for a while, but now we're going to do a Clubhouse together. So badass, powerful. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Ray, fantastic teaching. Christopher Roush, thank you. Love you. Happy early birthday. Thank you, brother. Uh, again, love seeing what you're doing and the changes you've done with yourself and, and taking your intelligence and your brilliance and bringing that out more and more every day. I see it in your posts. So thank you for doing that, man. Many more people like you, Ray. Uh, 52 rocks. Yes, yes, yes. Ray says the moments. Um, oh, 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 Aaron, what's up? Misfit Nation, Jason Cisneros Clubhouse. Yes, 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 yes. So it's funny. He's the Misfit Nation and I am the uh, the Misfits for Life. 
kick-ass nation. So it's crazy. But yes, no, thank you for being here. Yes, uh, Jason's show, if you guys missed it on our Friday show, The Unfiltered Experience, we had Jason Cisneros on last week. And man, what a powerful conversation. What a great, great conversation. Again, looking at things different, three different perspectives on, you know, the same situation, but having different views about that and having the ability to have a, a, a meaningful discussion about how we can see things differently, yet we're really seeing things the same. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to check that out, go to my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Christopher Roush and go to the playlist called The Unfiltered Experience, Jason Cisneros. It's on there. It was just this last Friday. Great, great show. Great, great show. Um, let's see. Teresa says, Thanks for tonight, Chris. We love you. You are making a huge difference in my life. I love you too, sweetheart. Thank you for letting me make a difference in your life. That is, uh, that is, you know, seriously, uh, it means the world to me. It means the world to me. Um, Kimberly is so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. And I think I like it. You guys want to see me sing? I will sing one of these days. One of these days. Uh, happy, happy birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Angel, Angel, what's up? Keep it on, keep it on, Christopher Roush. Have a great evening, everybody. Angel, thank you so much. You've been here literally since the beginning, since the beginning of Raw and Unscripted. So thank you, sweetheart. I love you. You are an angel. You're a beautiful person. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. A solo show talking about life lessons. So let's see. Normally, I normally I summarize the entire show, but uh, let me see. What can I? How can I put a bow on this for you guys? For us. Um, let's see how we tie it all together. So listen, okay, here's how we tie it all together. Um, choices. It was brought up earlier. We all have choices. We have choices in every moment of our life. And oftentimes we give up those choices to other people. Uh, subconsciously, we don't recognize what it is that we're doing. So I invite you to, to take a pen and paper and write out everything that you're tolerating. Write out a tolerations list. What are you tolerating? And what perhaps if you pick three of those, that you're tolerating. If you got rid of those three tolerations, how might your life be much better um, from moving those tolerations? You know, think about in terms of that. Think about life in terms of the moments and the gifts that we have. When you wake up tomorrow, you have a choice. You have a choice to wake up and say, you know what? Listen, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to focus on myself for the first hour of the day. I'm going to focus on how I can give and make the world a better place for who it is, not what I do. Uh, I can I can choose to uh, seek first to understand. I can choose to journal. I can choose to eat a little bit better. I can choose to uh, put down the cell phone. I can choose to go out for a walk. You have choices. That's the beauty of this life. That's the beauty of this world. And if you don't have choices, if you don't think you have choices, please, please reach out to me. I'm happy to help you in that in that uh, that journey. Again, still doing complimentary coaching sessions for especially for you guys. If you ever need one, let me know. I'll send you my calendar. We'll hook it up and make sure it happens. Because um, I just want to make sure that anybody in my sphere of influence or my 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 families um, that you guys are taking care of, that you guys know that if you or somebody you know who needs help please send them to me. I'm not going to charge them or anything. It's just about, you know, making sure that we're all good and we're all swimming in the right way, the right direction. So I'm going to shut up right now because I'm really tired and I can tell that I'm just, you know, anyways. Uh, so I thank you guys, each and every one of you from the bottom of my kick-ass heart, uh, you're beautiful people. And uh, please share this out. I didn't put the little scroller thing on there, but if you found value in this and you were inspired, please, please share this out because, you know, the more people that we can impact um, with the honesty and the transparency and the vulnerability that I've shared here tonight, hopefully uh, inspires other people to do that as well. And I'm happy to help anybody um, that I possibly can in that journey to make sure that it happens. So again, I love you guys. Stay kick-ass and uh, we will see you next week on the Ron and Scripted Show. I love you guys.